Hey guys, spoilers ahead. I'm Laura. And I'm Wes. And this is Breakdown from the Couch. That's right. This is the podcast where we watch movies that are available on streaming services and then attempt to break them down for you scene by scene. Yep. Uh, you can check us out on social media. Just search for Breakdown from the Couch on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also check us out on ageofradio.org. You can find our episodes there as well as shop our, our sponsors. So for this movie, we decided to do Psycho. That's right. Yeah, we're yeah. Ki- we're uh, gonna kick off, uh, you know, the Halloween season uh, and try and do some, you know, well known like scary movies, and then also other movies, you know, that we enjoy watching this time of the year as well. So, yeah. so do you have the uh, synopsis? I do, and I've got it from Internet Movie Database. Nice, as per usual. Right. <laughs> A Phoenix secretary embezzles forty thousand dollars from her employer's client. Then goes on the run and checks into a remote motel run by a young man under the domination of his mother. All right. Well, um, do you want to just jump on in? Yeah, I think so. Um, So the first scene that we come up on is we actually get um, title cards. Yeah. Uh, One of them being uh, December 11th. Uh, The time, I believe, was 234 uh, 243. 243, I'm sorry. Phoenix, Arizona. In the PM. In the PM, yes. <laughs> so that's what we start off with. Mm-hmm. And then um, we they kind of zoom in, you know, into an apartment with this couple. Yeah. And this couple is, you know, laying there, kissing, you know, you can tell like they're in love. And they're just, they start talking or whatever. Yeah. And she mentions, like, she basically has to get back to work because, you know, she used to be back by three. Right. She must be kind of doing that on a lunch break. Yeah. But it's... Seems like a late lunch break, but whatever. Yeah. Um. (laughs) Whatever. Well, she probably lied. (laughs) Oh, maybe. To get a late lunch or something. Maybe that's true. I'm speculating because of what happens later. Right. Well, I mean, that's just it. We find out, like, through their conversation that they have... um, that number one, he doesn't live in the area. Right. Um, that he that he's got to catch a flight back or whatever, mm-hmm. and so they w- were able to meet up at like this motel uh, for basically a quickie. Type exactly. Of thing. Yeah, they're they're talking about you know their relationship, and he's mentioning how you know uh, he doesn't really have much to offer her, you know, because he's got to pay all this alimony to I yeah, guess his, his ex wife. And he's also got a lot of his dad's debts he's still paying off, too. Right. So he's, he's shackled down for a while with yeah. debts, so he won't make a very good partner or husband to anybody. Yeah. And she even said, like, well, because I think he said it in a joking way, like, you know, are you going to be looking for somebody else? Yeah. And she said, basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's like, well, I've given it some thought. Yeah. And he said, well, what kind of uh, thought is that? Yeah. And they sort of leave on that. Mm-hmm. Um, she says, that, well, I I really do need to go. Yeah. And so she leaves the hotel. Well, actually, before she says that, she's letting him know that she's tired of, which made me thought that they were running around. Yeah. Like he was married or something. But then the we first found, time I saw this movie. Right. And then we find out that it's like, well, no, he's divorced. And yeah. She has never been. She even says, like, I've never even been married. Yeah. So it's like, I don't understand... I guess time-wise, they felt like they have to do like more of the running around. I guess type so, because yeah, she mentioned that she was. She said she's tired of meeting in hotel rooms. She wants to have a respectable date, right? In her 
at her house with her mom and her, and her sister. sister. And she mentioned that they would be boiling steaks for dinner. Which is gross. Like, who boils a steak? <laughs> yeah. Oh, and also... Yeah, we gotta talk the, about this bra thing. That's... The, <laughs> you read my mind. Yeah. She's wearing an extraordinarily pointy bra. And I speculated, but then you told me that I guess bras still use real wire yeah, as underwire. they do. So there goes my theory that it was yeah. like an old school underwire bra. Well, because like I know like back then that was the style was like these pointy bras. Yeah. But it was like, okay, so whoever created the bra, have they not seen a pair of boobs before? Because <laughs> I don't know of many chicks that have like pointy boobs. They're not triangular. <laughs> No. I mean, the human body is, is every, definitely every, 3D. Well, and every boob is different, but yeah. I don't think they're that triangular. No, no. <laughs> so, anyway, we kind of jumped around a little bit in that scene. There was a lot of, it was a lot of verbal stuff going on yeah. in that particular scene. So. But actually, I don't know, I kind of have a small little note here real quick. Okay. Um, the first pointy brawl, I kind of actually Googled this stuff. Oh, okay. Um, so this is from Google, actually. Now you're going to get stuff like on your Facebook about pointy bras. Oh, yeah. And all yeah, check out these pictures, by the way. <laughs> nice. That was. We could, I could post some of those, actually, like on the. Uh, you should. On Facebook and on uh, Instagram. My goodness gracious, that looks dangerous. <laughs> Go right. in for a hug and get stabbed in the chest. <laughs> Cause nice. of death. Friendly hug. <laughs> yeah. The Being first... impaled. <laughs> yes. Impaled by bra. Yeah. The first pointy bra was called the Chassinette bra in the early 1940s. The design was then adorned by several leading ladies and pinup girls. The shape was aggressive and meant to give that perfect silhouette, quote unquote. Oh, <laughs> jeez. The bullet bra made, of course, this is where, you know, made a comeback in the 1980s by Madonna. Yeah. So apparently it was just, it was a fashion statement that became popular for whatever reason yeah i don't know i guess it was just the perfect image like it said right you know it was just desirable for some reason yeah well i'm i'm glad that that's over with and we don't have to do that anymore yeah fashion is weird yeah it is so yeah that was our little side note there (laughs) yeah i think it was well worth it though yeah like i said (laughs) i'll post some pictures of it like on instagram and stuff this week yeah so anyway uh marion ends up leaving and you know she goes back to the office and uh she walks in and she's greeted by i guess the receptionist yeah and the receptionist is asking her you know how are you that kind of stuff and she mentions that she has a headache well i love it because the receptionist is like oh do you want to you know i can give you some um yeah i forget what what meds they were but, it was uh, like, but she called it tranquilizers yeah she called them tranquilizers yeah. i was like damn <laughs> <laughs> it's like i think aspirin would probably you know do the job if it's just a headache yeah um but then again there used to be uh, real cocaine and well, coca-cola that is true um but anyway so marion declines and she's like no you know i'll be fine mm-hmm. that kind of thing um, and then, uh, she also asks, like, you know, hey, is the boss in, basically, because yeah. she, you know, was a couple minutes late. Right, and it turns out she, thankfully, yeah. for her, beat him back yeah. to the office. because he was meeting with one of the clients, yeah. and they were gonna sign, like, this really big deal. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, the boss comes back with the client. And he's obviously drunk. Yeah. Like, they've had a few. Or at least he has. The client, yeah. Yeah, the client is, like, The boss, I don't think, did, but the client, for sure. I think the boss must have, like, wine-dined him to try to sell that deal. I'm sure. 
Yeah. So it comes out that the uh, the client is purchasing uh, this house for his daughter, who um, is getting married like the next day. Yeah. And he he's like flirting with Marion. Yeah, he really like takes gross. forty thousand dollars in cash out of his wallet, mm-hmm. and he's like. He says, I never carry more money on me than I'm willing to part with. And right. he starts bragging about how he's buying this property cash as yeah. his daughter's wedding gift and stuff. Yeah, which must be nice. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, which little... I'm sorry. I'm going to interrupt again. No, side fine. note. Little side note about $40,000 in 1960s. Okay. It is equivalent to having $331,000 of cash oh. in your pocket today. Holy crap. Again, wow. Google to the rescue. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, that's a pretty nice house. That's a very nice house. Yeah. <laughs> that is like... That's like a... That's like definitely... Well, never mind. Yeah, that's like a <laughs> micro-mansion. Yeah, exactly. At, at least. But anyway, and he's like showing her like, oh, you know, this is my daughter mm-hmm. and, you know, and... You know, he kind of, he he says something about asking her if she's unhappy or yeah. something. It's and a very strange conversation. Well, yeah. But I guess like, he's supposed to be drunk and just, yeah. like, just making stupid talk with her. Right. And, you know, I, I would be pretty uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. If, you know, if I was at work and somebody was asking mm-hmm. me those kinds of questions. Absolutely. Um. Anyway, so, you know, her boss, you know, gives, you know, the money is given to her and, he, you know, he tells her to run this to the bank. Yeah. Um, at first, though, he, he seemed actually uncomfortable with it. Yeah, he was very uncomfortable as soon as the he mount. whipped out the cash. Yeah. He, he looked frightened. And yeah. then he says, we don't have a safe here. This. Right. We can't. We can't do anything with that money. Yeah. And, and uh, the, the client just insists. He's like, oh, you know, it'll it be fine. Yeah, yeah, just put it in the bank right now. It'll be fine. Let's, yeah. Let's sell the paperwork and get this over with. Right. And so, you know, Marion takes the money. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, she's, you know, going to run it to the bank or whatever. Yeah. Um, But before she does that, she talks to her boss, you know, kind of interrupts them as, as they're about to drink or yeah. whatever to celebrate. And she's like, well, she's like, you know, if it's okay with you after I go to the bank, um, can I please head home? I have a, you know, a bad headache. Yeah. And, you know, the the boss is about to say that that was fine. But, you know, the client, oh, you know, that's, yeah, go on ahead and do that. It's like, okay, you're not the boss. <laughs> yeah, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. But sure enough, the boss, you know, gives her the okay. Mm-hmm. So you, the next scene we see her and she's. At home, and she's got a suitcase, and the money is sitting in the envelope on the bed. Yep, never went to the bank. Never went straight to the home. bank. She went straight home, and you see her, and she's packing. Yeah. She's, you know, trying to fit as much stuff as she can into the suitcase. Um, and sure enough, she, the next scene we see her, she's in the car, and she's bailing. Yeah, she's, and they hear a bunch of, well, you hear the her boyfriend's. Right. voice in her head and i guess it was her replaying a conversation she had with mm-hmm. him just before she went to skip town telling him that all your alimony troubles are over right you know we can pay her off and then we can run away and get married yeah and that's just i mean that was why she stole the money yeah you know was you know that mm-hmm. way they could go and you know get rid of all that debt and get married yeah whatever but um, so she's in the car, and like you said, that's playing in her head. Yeah. Basically. 
and she stops at a uh, light and you know you see people they're walking you know across and everything and all of a sudden she smiles kind of big and you see her boss yep and the boss sees her yeah he kind of does a double take looks at her and then looks back like wait a second i thought you were going home going home yeah like you should have already been at the bank and everything you should be home and that's just it they give each other they both give each other a look and then she's you know starts driving off and you can see the look on her face like oh shit Mm -hmm. like because she knows that he saw her oh yeah for sure and so yeah so she uh she takes off and it's it's basically showing her you know driving it's nighttime well into the night well she's starting to get tired she starts to get tired and you see her and she pulls off to the side of the road yeah and this is where they show it and it's the next morning and the police officer there's a police officer that pulls up on her um while she's sleeping in the car yep and so he you know knocks on the window and um you know she you know opens the window and he starts asking her you know of course for id and that yeah. kind of stuff. Where and, are you going? Where are you from? Right. The normal questions. And dude, she was snappy as hell. By oh yeah, the way. she's she's snapping at him. She he asked why she was sleeping in the car, and she said, "Well, I was just driving all night, and I didn't mean to sleep that long. I just right. meant to rest my eyes." And he's like, "Well, you passed multiple hotels up and yeah. down this highway. Why didn't you stop at one of those?" Right. And she gave him another BS answer. And uh, then she just snaps real quick and, well, I haven't broken any laws, have I? Right. And he says, no. And then she says, well, then I'm free to go, right? Yeah. But she, she's she's being argumentative him with, with him for no reason, giving him every reason to, <laughs> yeah. like, search her car, basically. Well, and not only that, <laughs> but he, of course, asks for her ID. Yeah. She turns her back oh, to yeah, you him don't, in no. the car. No, you'll get, you'll get yeah. like, a taser or a gun pointed <laughs> yeah. at you real fast. Yeah, yeah. Well, and my husband and I were big fans of Live PD, and all I could think <laughs> of was that they would have pulled her out of the car by now. Oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure. So that's, that's very suspicious. It is. And so anyway, so he, you know, takes the license, looks at it. Uh-huh. Um, looks at her car and everything. That kind of stuff, and gives her the license, and, you know, it's like, okay, you know, you're yeah. free to go. He, he's, ba- he's suspicious of her, but he's oh, got no sure. reason I guess to, to hold, hold her, her right. so he tells her to go. Right. So she takes off, and you can see the cop car still behind her, and yeah. it's behind her for a while. Oh yeah. Um. It you know gets to the point where she finally goes, you know, exits one direction, and he goes the other direction. Mm-hmm. And uh, we see her, and it looks like a small. It looks kind of like a small town type. Yeah. Area. And uh, she stops off at a, a used car uh, place. Yeah. Um, so she gets out and, you know, she's kind of looking at the cars. And I believe the car salesman, I think he called himself like Charming Charlie or something oh, like that. That's right. He yeah. did. Um, you know, so of course he's like, oh, you know, I'll be there in a second, you know, to help her out. Uh-huh. And she's just kind of looking at all these cars that are for sale. Well, all of a sudden you see the same cop. Yep. Which I thought was interesting because he went like in a completely other direction. Yeah, how in the world did he just happen upon her? Right. I mean, it's it's just how the story is written. Right. But it seems kind of seems kind of weird. Yeah. That even though he split off in a totally different direction, <laughs> yeah. he just 
somehow yeah find her finds her and so but he's pulled off across the street from yeah. the business and he gets out of his car and he's just he's glaring at her oh yeah he's he just blames. staring her down yeah and meanwhile she she sees him there she knows that he's there mm-hmm. and so she's looking at the cars and finally this charming charlie guy comes out <laughs> and you could like she's in a rush and she even says that she you know she just really needs to get this done yeah and so so he like he tells her to hang tight while he gets his mechanic to look her car over for the trade right because well because she's demanding it she's like how much you know how much can i get you know if i trade in my car yeah and you know if i trade in my car can I, you know, just buy one of these other ones? Yeah. And he's like, oh, you know, yeah, that's not a problem. He's I'll like, get of my course. mechanic. Yeah. But usually it's the, you know, the customer is not usually the one giving the salesman the high right. pressure routine. Exactly. And she's like, oh, well, you know, you, can't somebody just make up their mind and yeah. want something to be done? Right. And he's like, well, yeah, I guess you're your, your prerogative, basically, yeah. he says. And so, you know, sure enough, you know, he takes her old car and, you know. And, and within 30 seconds, he has yeah. the trade-in value. Right. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's not really a plot device. No. I mean, it is, but it's not important to the story. No. I just thought it was funny that he yeah. had the trade-in it's value like, so fast. Yeah, that would never happen that quick. <laughs> no, I, sh- ha- I hate buying cars. I know. I hate it. And you just see her, and she looks at this one car, and it's like a, it's a 1951, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And she's like, okay, she's like, well, I'll take this one. How much, you know, do I have to pay you, you know, including my trade-in? And he's, you know, he's like, well, he's like, um, you know, 700. Yeah. And so, at that point, it was kind of funny, because she was kind of hesitant, yeah, it's Which like, I you got thought, 40 grand in yeah. your wallet right now. Who yeah, cares? Yeah, exactly. Plus, uh, it's like, shit, I, I wonder how much 700 was back then. It was, you know, uh, that was another thing I should have looked up. Well, if but, you want, you can look up. I can, yeah. I'll keep talking. I mean, I sure it was quite a bit. Okay, so in 1960, yeah. $700 is equivalent to 6000 well, today okay it's so, quite a bit it kind of varies i mean from so, source to source but that's about how much like a used car is now so yeah i mean yeah yeah that's true so interesting yeah so inflation ain't a great <laughs> yeah right <laughs> seems like very little money but back then for what wages were yeah it was probably a lot of money well like you like said, it is today like well, if you were to ask us for like six grand, we'd be like, <laughs> "Good luck." Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> when do you want it? Right. Four or five, eight years from now. Exactly. <laughs> Not even so. four or five. Probably more like eight or ten. Yeah. <laughs> but well, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so he, uh, you know, is like, oh, you know, that'll be seven hundred, and um, he uh, at that point, the cop is still staring across the street. And she actually asks, like, you know, well, can, you know, can I go to the women's room? And uh, he, um, you yeah, know, is like, oh, okay, you know, and shows her where it is. And so she goes in there, and she's got the cash, and she counts out, you know, seven hundred dollars, and then she comes back out and she gives him the money. Yep. And they pull up, you know, the car that she just bought. Meanwhile, the cop actually pulls in. At the same time. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 
And then, at, you know, she was about to take off. And then all of a sudden you hear this, hey. Yeah. And she, she thought it she, was the cop. Right. But it was the mechanic. Who, right. Like, your bags were still in your... But, so, yeah, after that, you know, she uh, gets in the car and, you know, shows her driving along. Which, I love how in movies, when they show people driving. And, like, yeah. the steering wheel, I wish I could show you guys, but it's a podcast. Oh, but I'm sure people Just, know. like, the it's constant like, yeah. moving of the wheel. You do like, that to a real car and you're <laughs> yeah. like, oh. All over the road. Exactly. It's like, I don't know of anybody that sits there and drives like that. Yeah. They even still do that to this day. That's true. In movies and, and stuff, I they think still it's do it. Just because you're watching it and you realize that that's ridiculous, but I think it's just so that there's some motion going yeah, on. Yeah. I think it's so. Because it's boring to watch them actually sit true. there like how you normally would with right. just your arms on the wheel and it's steady. Yeah, that's true. Unless you're making a turn. Right. So, I mean, at least that way it's, like, you know, obvious that, one, the car is moving, they're driving, and two, it's not just boring where you're sitting there like a stick. That's true. But, anyway, she's hearing, like, they show her her driving and she, there's, like, all these conversations going on. Yeah. Which I'm assuming are happening while she's driving. I think so. I don't think she's actually hearing them. I think it's for the plot. I think so, too. For the story so that you kind of realize watching it mm-hmm. okay people back home right. have noticed that she's missing right they're noticing that the money is gone right and now they're wanting to know where she is yeah and did she take the money yeah and also you you can hear like the cop talking to also trying yeah. charlie uh-huh. you know and him saying the same kind of thing that he that she was actually pressuring him and it's usually the other way uh-huh. you know yep that kind of stuff um, and so they show her and sh- again, they kind of show her like getting tired. Yeah. Um, this time though, she, you know, stops off at a motel. Yeah. And it's amazing that she finds the Bates Motel because it's raining. Well, it's ridiculously raining. hard. Uh, not only that, but they, they talk about it even in the movie, how it's like off the old highway. Right. So it's way So far she back. must have like in the middle of the rainstorm must have taken an exit and not known it right and just kind of got lost in the backwoods exactly so she shows up at the bates motel um and you know they show her you know getting out of the car and looking around and of course they show the ominous you know big house right further back little female silhouette Mm -hmm. in the window an right. old lady look, kind of looking figure. Right. And, you know, she tries to actually go into, um, I guess they call it like the parlor area or Well, it's, first it's just the area. office. Yeah, the registration front desk area. she can't area. get in. And so she ends up mm-hmm. having to honk the horn for a while. Yeah. And then, you know, finally we see somebody approaching to come and help her. Yeah. And, of course, that ends up being Norman Bates. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> so... You know, he, he seems like such a nice guy and, you know, he's really friendly. And right. Like, oh, you know, uh, come on in and, you know, we'll get you, you know, squared away type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he tells her, you know, if, you know, if you could please sign the, the registry book, um, you know, that kind of stuff. Well, yeah. she signs it, but she signs it with the name Marie Samuels. Correct. Which is obviously not her name. Yeah. Um, and you know, he kind of, you know, takes a look or whatever. And at this point they're just having like little conversation back and forth. 
Yeah, she's wanting to know if there's a vacancy, and he says, yeah, we've got 12 rooms and 12 vacancies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, I don't know, that's a little fishy to me. And right? I'll go somewhere else. Yeah. Thanks, Exactly. <laughs> and she's also asking, you know, about um, food. You know, is there someplace that I can grab some dinner or something mm-hmm. like that? And he mentions that there's a diner down the street. Yeah. Um, you know, and she was like, oh, you know, I'm I'm close to, um, I think it was Fairville or something was the name of the town. Yeah, I don't remember. Because I think that's close to where Sam is. Oh, boyfriend. okay, where he lives. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think so. That's right, because yeah. she was going to be meeting him. Right. Okay. And so, you know, that's when she found out, like, oh, she was actually closer, I think, than she thought. Yeah. Um, but anyway, he, you know, shows her the room. Um, you know, brings her stuff in, and I I like it because he will not say the word bathroom because at first, like they they walk oh, in, yeah. you know, okay, well here's the bed and the closet, and then there's and the that room, that room, and she's <laughs> like the bathroom, yeah, and he's like, you know, yeah, but yeah, for whatever reason, he just couldn't say bathroom. Yep, and so he he actually invites her. Um, to have dinner with them. He was like, I was going to make, you know, myself a sandwich and stuff anyway. Um, mm-hmm. y- you know, would you, you know, have dinner with me instead of, you know, you don't want to drive all the way out to that diner in this kind of weather. Yeah. Type of thing. And so you could see she was reluctant, but she was just kind of like, well, you know, okay. Um, and he, you know, tells her like, well, he's like, um, you know, I'll go up to the house and, you know, make the sandwiches and bring them down. And she was like, okay, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And so you see him leave. Mm-hmm. And she's, you know, slowly is starting to unpack and things. Right. She takes that cash. Yeah. And she kind of wraps it up in a newspaper and sets it on the mm-hmm. nightstand next to her bed and starts right. unpacking all of her stuff. Yeah. And so I think at that point he, you know, comes, you know, back down from the house with the sandwiches and some milk. Well, actually, before he does that. Oh, okay. Uh, no, sorry. She just... uh. She's unpacking everything, and in the middle of all that, she hears screaming coming from the house. That's right. And it's a woman screaming, you know, no, don't you dare invite that girl up here into this house for dinner. Uh, she's trouble. Really, she she's not happy that Marianne, or Marie, No, it's Marion. Well, yeah, yeah. She signed it like the, Marie, the deal. Marie, that's true. And um, uh, so... So anyway, she's eavesdropping out of her open window, hearing all the screaming coming from the house. Could you imagine how loud that screaming would have had to have been? Oh, it must that have been. house was like fairly... It was way up on a hill. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's not like it's just next door. No. No. I so mean, Norman shouts at the the mother and, you know, shouts at her, shut up, shut up, you know. Yeah. And then that's when we see him coming, coming down, down the steps the and he's got a tray in his hand. Yeah. Yeah decanter of milk i guess yeah and then the sandwiches yeah and so they go into um i like i said i think he called it like the parlor or something yeah he invited her they were gonna eat in the room and she he said no you know let's go into the office it's nicer right there's a place we can sit yeah and so then they get in the office and then he says no you know what my parlor is better right it's just red flags all over the place to me (laughs) yeah and uh, so they go into the parlor. He flips lights on, and there's like taxidermy yes. stuff everywhere. 
Yeah, so I mean, which is not bad in no. and of itself, but it sure makes for a creepy plot device. All right. Like I said, <laughs> there's dead birds oh, yes. everywhere. You know, they're stuffed. Yep. And you could tell she was put off by that as well. Yeah. It was just kind of like, ugh, okay. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so um, at this point, they start chatting. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, a lot, a lot of like back and forth. Yeah, they're kind of making small talk. Just kind of getting to know each other, I guess, basically. Yeah. And uh, he talks about his taxidermy, his hobby, and uh, that it's not so much a hobby that he feels like it's really just filling his time. Yeah. And uh, she's like, well, you know, you don't have any friends you can hang out with. and Right. He says, well... A boy's best friend is his mother. She's like, oh. <laughs> and you can see the That's look. the first creepy thing he says when yeah. you go, this, he's not quite right. <laughs> yeah. And you can see the look on her face like, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so they just kind of, they, they're sitting there and they're making more small talk. Just each of them learning a little bit more about each other and their past. Right. And they're just kind of revealing small things to each other. And he kind of makes the comment um, that, and I forget how he got on this subject, but he says that he feels like everybody is trapped in their own private traps. Yeah. And he feels like the hotel is his trap. Right. And he can't get out. Right. And, you know, then she says, well, you know what? I wouldn't stand to be talked to the way Mm -hmm. I heard your mother talking to you just now. And so then he tells a story about how, you know, how much his mom cares for him and how he can't stand to, like, leave her because back when his – he was young – his dad left his mom and left them with nothing. Right. And then one day she finds this guy and I guess things are okay for a while and he yeah. convinces her to build this hotel. But then the guy dies. Right. And then he he starts saying, oh, and the way he died. Yeah. And then he gets this weird, creepy smile on his mm-hmm. face and he says, well, that's not something you want to hear while you're eating. Yeah. I was like, ugh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and she even kind of mentions with the way that the mother had been talking to him and things like that, um, that maybe he should have her put away. Yeah. Um, and he does not care no. for that. This is when you start seeing a bit of his yeah. psychotic, you know, his his anger come oh, out. Oh, yeah, for sure. His face actually changed. He's a good actor. Yeah. This guy that Perkins. plays Norman, he's pretty good. Yeah, he was amazing. Yeah. And uh, he... Definitely does not like that. No. He he starts talking about how people with thick tongues and big heads come around and start trying to tell other people how they should live their lives. Right. And um and you could tell, I mean, she started, you know, she started apologizing yeah. and like, you know, I'm I'm sorry and you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, and he, you know, they, they go back and forth a little bit. He says, well, you know, that's the problem with you. You don't care. Right. And eventually things kind of die down a little bit. Mm-hmm. And he finally seems like he accepts her apology. Right. And she, you know, she said, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to upset you. I really hope you're okay. And he's like, oh, that's okay. Yeah. We all go a little mad sometimes. Yeah. And again, that creepy little yeah. grin shows up on his face again. Well, and I believe, because <laughs> he had talked about the hotel being his 
issue and stuff like that. Yeah. She doesn't say, of course, what she did, but she says... Oh, that's right. She says, well, she's like, I'm actually going to head back to Phoenix tomorrow to, you know, clear up my... You know her my, trap. Her trap. Right. She's not going to go to Fairfield or wherever it yeah. was that she was going. She's going to turn around and go home. And she's going to go home. And, and then that's when he it. asks her name. I forget why, but he asks her name because oh, she gets up. Yeah, she gets to go up back to her and, room. Right. And she says, you know, well, you know, I'm Marion Crane. Yeah, which is not what she signed. Not what she signed. And so you know, he's like, you know. Basically, you know, have a good night. Yeah. That kind of thing. So she goes back to her room. And whenever she goes back to the room, he goes back and looks at the register. And sure enough, sees like, yeah, that's not what she signed. Yep. Um, And so we see her and she's in her room and um, she's basically starting to get the shower stuff ready. Yeah. Um, He goes back into that same room takes off a uh, picture frame. Yeah, and one of his see- mini birds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so he looks through this hole. Yeah. And, yeah, sure enough, it shows her, and Excuse she's, me. you know, getting ready to get into the shower, mm-hmm. um, that kind of thing. And Sees her pointy bra. Yeah, exactly, her <laughs> black pointy bra. And I guess that was a lot for him. And uh... <laughs> Yeah, he puts the... <clears throat> Excuse me. He puts the little bird yeah. thing back on the wall and then runs back to the house. Yeah, goes back to the house. And uh, this is where we get, I mean, the most famous oh, yeah. scene, which is the shower scene. Yeah, if anybody's listening that hasn't seen Psycho yet. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a fan. It's, yeah. I think everybody knows this scene, even if it's they haven't be, seen this movie. For sure. Yeah. Um, so it shows her she's in the shower. She's, you know, doing her routine. Yep. You know, that kind of thing. Lather, rinse, repeat. Yeah, exactly. And so (laughs) all of a sudden you see the silhouette, you know, from the curtain or whatever. Yeah. And you hear that, that famous. That violin. Yes. Just that screeching. Just kind of goes through you noise. Oh, yeah. And, (laughs) you know, sure enough, you see, you see like a, I mean, it looks like a woman. It really does. It's an old, old style hairdo. Right. The, the know, bun and describe. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And sure enough, you see the knife, you see it come down, and of course you hear her screaming. Yeah. And, you know, along with the music, the ee, ee, you know, it's like every stab is basically that noise. Exactly. And that's, I think that's what they were going for, oh, for when sure. they did that score. Yeah. And so, you know, all of a sudden then you see, the, like, the old lady or whatever take off and you see um marion and you know she's slowly gripping at the wall and going downward you know down right and then she grabs the uh, shower curtain and she like the top half of her basically falls over onto the floor right pulls the curtain off the the rings one by the famous again you know the whole this whole scene is famous it It is one at a time, it just snap, 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 yep. snap, snap, snap. Off then, the rings it goes. Yep. And so she falls forward onto the floor, onto the shower curtain. Yeah. And I love this next scene, and I wish I knew how they did it. Because <laughs> it's literally just her eye, like, they show, like, her eyeballs. Oh, yeah. And it's several and, seconds long. I mean, yeah. what is it, like, probably a good 20 seconds, maybe? Probably. 
I mean, and sure enough, like, not blinking. I mean, she looks dead. Yeah. You know? I kind of speculated that maybe it was a couple of takes. Probably. And then they spliced yeah. it together to make it one big long scene. Yeah. I don't know. That That's some pretty good editing work, though. Yeah, if that's for sure. The case. And so, um, you know, they, sh- they show that part. And then I believe uh, this is whenever uh, Norman comes in yeah well norm norman uh you hear screaming oh, from the mom, house again you know mother what did you do yeah blood, all the blood. blood and then he goes running to the hotel right. room he goes right into the hotel room sees her and you know he's like shaking and just like covering his you know his mouth yeah with his hands and just you know that kind of stuff and uh, it's kind of funny, like, because they make it seem like he's had to do this cleanup before. Yeah, a couple he of times. just instinctively goes to mm-hmm. pick up a mop, picks up a bucket, goes yep. back into the room, shuts off all the lights yeah, to shut, kind of make the hotel yep. dark so no one right. wants to come in, I guess. And so because most of her body was in the tub, he, well, he takes the shower curtain, puts it in, like, the bedroom area. Yeah. Um, lays that out. And then he, you know, picks her up, lays her on it, mm-hmm. and then from there he starts doing the cleaning. And really, because of how her body was, most of the blood was in the tub. Um, right. Because of where her stab wounds were. So he just takes them up and he's just, you know, mopping the blood down the drain, you know, like <laughs> it's no big deal, you know, hitting the sides with it. Oh, yeah. And, you know, there was like a little bit of blood, like... Um, you know, on the side or whatever. Yeah. And so he's, you know, he mops that, and then he takes a towel, and, you know, he's toweling it all down. Like, like he's just kind of mopping yeah. up a spill. Oh, yeah. I spilled no my deal. milk. Oh, right. well, mop, 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 mop. Exactly. It's done. So, you know, from there, you see him, and he, uh, he takes care of that part, and then he, you know, wraps her body up in the shower curtain, and he yeah. pulls he pulls her car up to um, the door. Yeah. And he picks her up like she's nothing. Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure at this point they swapped out for some sort of like yeah. stand-in dummy. Oh, I'm sure. That would have been heavy. Yeah, heavy, literally, heavy. literally dead weight. He he looked like this actor Anthony Perkins. Yeah. He looked like he was not an unfit guy. No. But he was maybe his build might be similar to mine. Yeah. I'm not. In shape, but I'm not like, I'm not going to be able to pick up 125, 140 pounds of dead weight. Exactly. Easily at all. Right. So, I don't know. That's some more of my (laughs) speculation there. Yeah. So, he puts her body in the trunk and then he actually goes through the hotel room. Yes. Starts, you know, picking up all of her stuff, packs up her, uh, her bag. Puts that in the trunk. And then he goes back Correct. in and he finds the newspaper, which he still did not know, I don't think, that it had the cash. Oh, yeah. He had no idea had she no was idea. carrying that amount of cash around. Right. He just picks up the paper and, like, nothing chunks it into the trunk with right. her, her luggage and everything else. Right. And so after that, you see him and he, you know, takes it to, it almost looks like a swamp. Yes. It's... I guess it's a pond in the back on yeah. the property or something. But, yeah, 
And the consistency of it looked like quicksand. It did, yeah. I, I was like, okay. <laughs> I remember I remember growing up with uh, scenes and stuff like yeah. this in movies. I thought quicksand was going to be a much bigger issue when I was an adult. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, you know, he rolls the car in there. And it takes a little bit of time, but the car finally does sink. Yeah. And then you see him and, you know, he, uh, I guess, head back to, heads back to the hotel. Um, I believe at this point point we come across his uh her sister lila yeah it's the next day i'm guessing yeah and or uh it might have been a couple of days after because i think that's true because now up, people she's are missing like for a week I think, that's true that's true they haven't heard from her and it's just it opens up in a hardware store and we see sam mm-hmm. in the back and he's writing out an invoice or he's writing out something on some hardware store stationery yeah and uh there's a lady talking to another employee about some poisons that she needs <laughs> for rodents or something. Nice. And then Rock walks Layla. Lila. Lila, I'm sorry. In walks Lila, and she's demanding to speak to Sam. Right. No questions asked. The no. employee just calls back to Sam. Hey, someone's here for you. Yeah, there's a lady here for <laughs> you. There's a lady here for you. <laughs> yeah. All right. So then that's where all that, that kind of starts. She's right. confronting Sam because she suspects... Sam has done something or is hiding her yeah, he, because she, of... Right. Yeah. She thinks that he is A, hiding her, and that B, he's in on this money thing. Because Correct. Lila also knows that this money is missing Or as well. maybe she's done something to her right. and taken all the money for himself. Right. And so he's like, you know, he's saying no. He's like, I haven't seen or talked to her, mm-hmm. uh, you know, since like a week ago, pretty much. And you could tell Lila is kind of trying to figure out, like, okay, is he really telling me the truth or not? Exactly. I don't blame her. Well, I mean, yeah. For sure, that's a very suspicious situation. Yeah. And in the middle of all that... We're introduced to uh, Detective Arbogast. Correct. And, yeah, he's the one who was hired, and so he was asking them questions, and... At this point, he, you know, we see him actually going to a bunch of hotels. Oh, just a little side note. I said I thought he was hired by the family. I just remembered. Yeah. He wasn't hired by the family. He was hired by, I think it was either the client or or, uh, Marianne's boss, which is why now it makes sense why the PI was also grilling Lila at the Uh, same time as grilling Sam. Right. That's... I I had forgotten completely about that. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, he was grilling them about it. Obviously, they don't know. They have no idea. Correct. Yeah, Sam is completely oblivious yeah. as to where Marianne is. And obviously... Marianne. Mary, Marianne? Marianne. Yeah. Not Marianne. <laughs> Every podcast. Yeah, that's okay. There's one to four names that I get wrong. Nice. <laughs> um... But anyway, so at this point, he ends up he ends up going to like a bunch of hotels, motels, and you just see him going from yes. place to place to place. Oh yeah, just asking, have you seen her? Yeah, this sort of stuff. And so finally, you know, after all these other places, he ends up at the Bates Motel, which we find out. I thought that it was like just some sort of happy accident. Yeah, but he had been chasing down leads, right? And somehow, I guess he had hit. His leads and his investigation led him to the used car lot. Right. And then that must have led him to, you know, her 
path down I that guess. road or something. I don't know. Yeah, they don't really explain that. They don't. All all he all the PI says is my investigation led me here. Yeah. He doesn't <laughs> like, explain okay. <laughs> how. Well, I he guess just you're not there. supposed to really question it. Well, that's it's true. Just, I mean, you know. this is a suspense thriller. It's it not. Is. It's not some sort of like in depth uh, right drama whodunit sort of thing. Yeah. So. um... Anyway, so yeah, he's finally at the Bates Motel. Yeah. And of course, he starts talking to Norman. Mm hmm. And, you know, he shows her, you know, the picture, and he's like, oh, yeah, no, I haven't seen her. Yeah. And the lies start adding up really quick. Yes, he's. He, he first tells the PI that nobody has been there in weeks. Right. And then, as the PI's been grilling him, he then changes his story to. You know, oh, if I don't turn this sign on, you know, people don't know that I'm even open. Right. Like, just a few days ago, somebody told me that if my sign were on, that they would have known that I was even a hotel. Right. Basically, he's changing his story, and he's being caught in a lie. Exactly. By saying, well, yeah, somebody was just there a few weeks, a few days ago. Well, and then he asked to see the register. Yeah. And so he he looks, and it turns out he actually has, like, a sample of her handwriting. Mm-hmm. And he sees the name Marie Samuels, and he already puts it together that, well, Samuel is her boyfriend's name. Yeah. And he looks at the handwriting, and he, you know, notices that there is obviously a similarity. Yeah. And that's that's for sure when, you know, he knows, like, okay, this, this dude's, you know, lying. Yeah. Especially whenever he, he then, after that, he sent Hans Norman the picture again. It's like, you yep. look at the picture again. Yeah. He looks at it, and then Norman again changes his story. Yep. Oh, yeah, I'm starting to remember this now. You know how it is. You just, you have to get things put together in your mind yeah. right, before you can remember them right. Well, and he's like, well, he's like, whenever she came in, it was raining really bad that night, and her hair was really wet. Yeah, she looked different she that looked night. She looked different, and this isn't a very, you know, flattering picture or whatever. <laughs> he said something about yeah. the picture. Thanks, bud. Yeah, right? <laughs> and so, you know, at that point, he, yeah, he, he knows, like, okay, this guy's lying. Exactly. And um, he... Uh, at the same time, Norman is talking about how, oh, he's like, well, I'm going to, you know, go. I always go and switch out all the sheets, even if nobody has stayed here. Yes. And he, he offers like, you know, well, you want to come with me and you can help me do these sheets, which I'd be like, no, I don't want to help you do any of that. Um <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah. No, but, my investigation is done. I'm going to go to the police now. And right. We're going to see if we can come on down here with a bunch of cops. Exactly. Well... You know, so Norman's got the sheets and, you know, they both exit out of the building. He sees that Norman skips cabin one, yes. room one, and moves on to the next one, which is very fishy, obviously, because I think I think he did figure out that she was in room one. I think so. I don't remember for sure. Yeah. But then he, he also saw that uh, there was a, a figure this, in the window right. at the house. When he sees the silhouette in the window, he starts talking to Norman about it. And uh, he, he actually, first he asks Norman, he says, he asks him if there's somebody in the house. Right. And Norman's like, no, I live here alone. And he's like, are you sure? Because I just saw a oh. figure in the window. 
And Norman's like, oh, well, that's my mother. She's an invalid. Right. And it's practically like living alone. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so then the, the PI, this is really interesting. Yeah. It's kind of, it shows, it shows a lot about the story, a lot about Norman. Mm-hmm. The PI says to Norman, he says, oh, okay. He's like, well, then let me talk to your mom. And he's like, no, no, no. She's an invalid. She's very weak. She can't. Yeah. You know, she can't speak to anybody. And he's like, okay. He's like, well, are you sure that um, the, are you sure that Marie left that day? Are you sure that she didn't just kind of stick around? You know, she's got a lot of cash maybe on her and, you know, convinces you to hide her or whatever. And he's like, oh, you know, doggone all the dialogues. Yeah. (laughs) Getting away from me. What the most interesting part of this whole thing between these two is whenever the PI is just really grilling him, he says, you know, are you sure she couldn't just kind of like, you know, pull the wool over your eyes, basically. Right. And he's like, no. Norman says, no. No woman is going to trick me. And even if she could, she didn't trick my mom. Yeah, Which is interesting. Yeah. He didn't say she couldn't trick my mom. She right. She didn't trick my mom. Right. And then, you know, the PI says, you just said that your mom didn't meet her. Right. You know, talking about the mother meeting Marie. Yeah. And Marian. then, you know, Norman is, <laughs> he's doing his stuttering thing again, trying to get his story straight and everything. Right. And the PI, um, I'm trying to think here. I think the PI actually leaves it with that. Yeah. Um, oh, no, actually what happens is Norman tells the PI to go. Yeah. He sees that it's really just kind of falling apart and mm-hmm. he can't save it. And so he just tells the PI, you need to you need to go. I'm tired of talking to you. I'm done. Right. So then the PI goes to a payphone and calls the sister. Yeah. Uh, Lila. Lila. Yeah. <laughs> and gives her... What he's found, which isn't much, yeah. Other than he knows Mer- Marion. Marion was there, <laughs> and Norman knows more than he's letting on, right? And he's going to go back to the house and talk to the mother. And he, yeah, and he said, you know, that he'll call back with, you know, yeah. when he finds out. Correct. And so, yeah, he goes. He goes back to the house, and I think that. Uh, I'm pretty sure he was still, like, working, like, in the hotel, like, in the rooms or something, so he didn't see. Correct, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because when the PI, when he's about to drive up, we see Norman walking the the area in front of the hotel rooms. Yeah. But I forget, did he even walk into a hotel room, or did he just cut a corner? I don't know. And just walk out of sight? Yeah, I don't know. know. But anyway, yeah, the (laughs) first the PI walks into the office. Right. And he's checking to make sure Norman's not around. Yeah. And then he goes up into the uh, house. Right. And you see him and he, you know, enters the house and you see him walking slowly up the stairs. And I love, I was telling you, like, I love that scene. Yes. The way that they shot it was really, it was very cool. It's really, really neat. It makes it look like that staircase is longer and taller mm-hmm. than what it really is and i think that they did that intentionally yeah, for sure to kind of build the suspense and right all that and so he's walking up you know up the uh stairs and then sure enough you see this woman yep and you hear that music yep and he 
Dude, he gets stabbed, like, in the freaking forehead. <laughs> yes. I, I couldn't tell if it was supposed to be that or if maybe she just slashed him. But, yeah, they, they put, it, like, the well, fake blood on his was, face and stuff. But, yeah, and so they show him falling back, you know. Yeah, on he's the, supposed to be stumbling and falling down the stairs. Right. And then she just gets on top of him and you just see the knife, you know, again, going, yeah. you know, up and down with type the, of thing. Mm-hmm. With the music. And, uh. After that, it's, it's. It's over. It cuts to the well, next day. It's not over, but <laughs> well, no, no, the movie's not over. But they cut back. Um, uh, they cut back. I believe it's the next day with the the sister with Sam and Lila. Okay. Either that or the same evening. It doesn't matter. No, no, it doesn't. And they're talk. Yeah, they're talking together, and the she's Lila is talking about how you know, like you said, the PI hasn't called back. He's supposed right. to call back. And Sam, I forget everything he's, what all he's saying, but he's kind of trying to brush it off and yeah. basically say, let's keep waiting. And she says, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to the hotel, right. the motel. I'm going to go find out what the deal is. And Sam, he kind of relents. He, he goes because yeah. he doesn't want her to go alone just right. in case. And so you see the next scene, it cuts to Sam pulling up at the Bates motel and he doesn't see anybody around there's nobody around well and so he gets out of the car and he calls for uh arbogast he calls for yeah. the pi and then you see again norman is at the pond yeah it doesn't you don't see a car but you know you he's know. just pushed oh, arbogast yeah. in his car into the pond yep and he it just kind of fades the scene fades at that point Norman looks over in the direction of the voice, and he's got this really irritated look on his face. I know, like, oh, God, I gotta kill another one? <laughs> well, he doesn't this time, at least. <laughs> no, but... You see, now, after that, it the scene cuts to with Sam has gone back to Lila, yeah. and he's telling her, look, I went there, there is no... Mar- uh, Marianne. Marion. Marion. there's no Marion. And there's no Arbogast. Yeah. All there was was this the guy and his mother. Yeah. That I didn't well, cause see. Well, because again, he saw the silhouette yeah. of the mother. Mm-hmm. And, and so... he is like, basically, the guy just brushed me off. I couldn't get any sort of info or he yeah. wouldn't let me look at anything. Right. And so then that's when they decide to call the sheriff. Yeah. And talk to him. Right. And then this is where we get... A lot of information where yes. if you hadn't seen this movie and it, you know, like the ending hadn't been ruined for you. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Spoilers ahead. Yeah, right? <laughs> so, yeah, they're talking to the sheriff and, and, you know, telling them about, you know, how they're worried, you know, again, because, you know, we don't know where the guy went. We don't know where my sister is. Yes. Um, and, you know... The the wife, the sheriff and the sheriff's wife, the sheriff's wife knows where the Bates Motel is. She knows Norman. Oh, yeah. They've all been involved and, in their life. In fact, after the sheriff calls, he knows Norman's number. Yeah. He calls Norman. Oh, well, he has the operator call Norman. I'm sorry. Well, this whatever. is the 60s. Yeah. Anywho, he calls Norman and he really does a very cursory interrogation. Yeah. Say, you know, Mr. Norman, has a so-and-so been by there? Oh, yes, he was here, and and he asked me some questions, and he went on his way. Yeah. And the sheriff took it as yeah, gospel as, and right. hung up the phone. Well, I thought the conversation, though, with the 
not so much him even, but actually with the guy's wife. Yes. was interesting. Because, because they kept saying about this old woman, yeah. this Norman's mother is in this house. Yeah. And the and, wife's like, that's impossible. Yeah, she's been dead for 10 years. Yeah. And she, you know, basically explains that both both her and her boyfriend or whatever, or her yes. husband. Um, it would be not Norman's father, but it would have been, I think it would have been stepdad, her... Stepdad, I guess. His yeah, the, the other man that she met. Yeah. That he, what did she said that he killed himself? I think so. And then... Well, she killed herself. Right. Whenever and, she could realize she couldn't live alone without him or whatever. Right. And Norman found them in bed. Yes, together. Together. Dead. Right. And yeah. she she mentioned like he had hel- that she had helped him pick out the outfit that the mother was going to wear, yes. you know, for the funeral. Mm-hmm. And that kind of stuff. So it's like, oh shit, so the mother's dead. That's yeah. kind of <laughs> That's that's where you're like if you haven't seen the movie, you're just like, wait, what? Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, basically, the sheriff is, like, no help whatsoever. Yeah. Um, and Sam and Lila aren't buying it. They're no. like, well, we saw a silhouette of a woman in the window. Right. So, if it's not Norman's mother. Then who is Who it? is it? Yeah. Or who's in the graveyard if Norman's mother's right. not dead. Right. You know, sort of thing. But the sheriff... The sheriff kind of reluctantly agrees to go up there and talk with Norman himself. Yeah. And uh, so that's kind of good enough for Sam and Lila for now. Right. And uh, after that, after that encounter, it cuts to the next day and it's Sunday. Mm -hmm. Sunday morning, church is letting out. Right. um, And Sam and Lila meet the sheriff as he's walking out of the church. Right. Right. And they ask him, you know, you know, are you are you ready? Let's let's go. Let's go talk to him. Yeah. And the wife says, Oh, he's already been there. Yeah. Turns out the sheriff already went to, to go talk to Norman before Sunday services even started. Yeah. And oh, I am missing something really big. What? Norm before between the nighttime call with the sheriff and before the sheriff goes in the morning to talk to Norman. It cuts to the house. Yeah. And you hear... The camera's panning through the house, and you hear voices. Oh, yeah. First, the mother is talking to Norman, and I forget what she's saying. And uh, Norman is saying, no, mother, you know, they're asking too many questions. They're going to come here, and they're going to want to, you know, talk to you. And Yeah. And uh, he's saying, you know, I'm going to have to put you down in the fruit cellar. Right. And she's like, oh, so you can, you're just going to put me down on the fruit cellar because I'm a big fruit, you know, I'm a fruity, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. And uh, she won't go. Right. But you don't, you don't see them talking, but you hear them yeah, talking. Yeah, you can hear them. And then as the camera finally gets to the very top of the steps, you see Norman coming out of the bedroom carrying his mother. Yeah. And walking down the stairs to go to the fruit cellar. Right. And now we're back. Yeah. <laughs> to the next morning with the sheriff. Yeah. And... The sheriff explaining all this. Right. And again, that's not good enough for Sam and Lila. Right. They decide they're just going to take the investigation into their own hands. Mm-hmm. So they decide to drive out to the Bates Motel themselves and check in as guests. And that's what they do. Yeah. They show up and they get out of the truck and uh, they don't see... They don't see any silhouette anymore that in the window... 
this time it's gone. Right. And which is why the sheriff said everything's fine. There was no old woman. Yeah. Norman is fine. There's nothing weird going on there. And so finally, you know, Norman comes down from the house. The whole thing starts yeah. over again. Oh, yes, 12 rooms, 12 vacancies. <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh and so Sam and Lila are checking in and you know, Sam is being very um he he wants He's kind of going into investigation mode. He wants yeah. he wants receipts. He wants to sign the register. He wants, you know, everything. Mm-hmm. Kind of just, he's trying to gather evidence. And in the meantime, while he's doing this, Lila says, I'll be right back. I'm just going to go to the room. Right. But instead, what she does is she checks cabin number one. Yep. She turns the knob to open it, and sure enough, it's unlocked. So she shuts it real quick. Yeah. And then acts <laughs> as if she was... You know, just walking forward the whole time. Yeah. And about that time, here comes Sam around the corner with the room keys. And Norman is kind of pops his head out real quick. Because mm-hmm. he wants to make sure everybody's, you know, he's suspicious. Oh, yeah, for sure. And so, from there, you know, Lila and Sam are walking to their cabin. They're talking and trying to formulate their plan. So, they get to their, their room and they're kind of talking like, okay, well, we need to find out what's going on. What's going on in room number one? Exactly. And so they, from there, they decide to go to room cabin number one. And they're starting to kind of snoop around after they made sure that Norman wasn't around anymore. Right. <laughs> they're starting to snoop around. And everything looks fine. Yeah. I mean, it's perfectly clean. He There's did. nothing really wrong. He did a good cleanup he job. He did. But then they get to the bathroom. Right. And the first thing Sam notices is the curtain is gone, yeah. but the rings are still there. Yep. And then Lila finds, she's digging in the toilet, I guess. Yeah, right. She finds a scrap piece of paper in the toilet. Yeah. Which I don't remember if we covered this. I don't think we did. Before she was getting ready to leave, yep. she was doing the math on a piece of paper of how much money she owed that she'd already spent yeah. to try to make her debt right. Right. And she'd still broke law she'd go to jail yeah but she's trying to make it right so that's a good thing but she had but anyway taken she it, tore it up and tore it threw up it away in the trash not through i'm sorry no she, she threw, threw it in the it, toilet right and flushed it because okay. she didn't want any evidence which is weird so it's Strange. like she flushed it but like I, yeah like wouldn't the thing be wet it should be but anyway unless maybe it was sitting on top of the seat or maybe maybe back somewhere behind that nasty area of the toilet where i hate cleaning so much (laughs) yeah and uh so they realize hey this is her handwriting she's been doing math on this thing um it appears as if she's been trying to figure out balances like maybe she changed her mind and wanted to go home right um so from there they decide you know we need to find out what's going on in that Mm -hmm. house so lila actually splits yeah. And she's going to go to the house, and Sam is going to be a lookout. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, uh, Norman runs into Sam. And so Norman tries to distract Sam. I mean, Sam. Norman runs into Sam, and Sam decides yeah. to distract Norman by talking with him in the office. Right. And just making small talk while Lila goes, Lila up, to goes up to the house to yeah. do her investigation. Yep. And first she walks in, she goes up the stairs and hooks left into the master bed bedroom upstairs, yeah. which is definitely a woman's bedroom. <laughs> right. It's made up. It's got 
a big vanity with a mirror, a bunch of jewelry, nice, makeup, right. nice bed, women's clothes in the closet, and on the nice bed is also an indention. Yeah, where somebody has been laying, laying, right? Um, which is interesting. Yeah. I've never seen that before. Yeah, I know, right? I don't know. Maybe it was like a, need, a feathered down bed or something. Yeah, at that point, you need to, you know, change out your mattress if you're leaving <laughs> intentions. And, and that would be them. uncomfortable. It would be. Very. And then uh, it cuts back and forth between him and her. Right. Just as she's finishing up that bedroom, it goes back down to Sam, and Sam is talking to Norman. And it's a little kind of friendly chit-chat. Mm-hmm. Just not super friendly, but he's kind of... You know, why don't you leave this town, this sort of talk with Norman? Yeah. And Norman's like, well, I can't leave. You know, this is, this hotel is all I have. Right. And then it goes back to Sam. Uh, Lila, I'm sorry. Yeah. Good Lord. <laughs> Lila in the house. <laughs> and then she's still up the upstairs. She's still upstairs. She goes into another bedroom. And this one is a child's bedroom. Um, Could it be... Still Normans to Probably. this day, most likely. <laughs> yeah. And it's got children's stuff everywhere. Stuff yeah. dolls, stuffed animals, um, little tiny bed, a record player with a child's record of some sort. Yeah. Um, and then she picks up a little book. Mm-hmm. And there's no wording on the spine. Um, and it doesn't show the cover. I imagine maybe when she flipped through it, it must have been a journal of some sort. Probably, yeah. And uh, then it goes back to Sam to th- talking with Norman. Yeah. And... It's starting to get kind of argumentative here. Well, because I think at this point, um, uh, Norman, I think, knows something's up. He's starting to get a little suspicious, yeah. yeah. Because Sam, I mean, yeah, Sam is just outright, you know, he's calling him out now. Yeah. Like, what have you done with... Marion. Um, Marion, <laughs> thank you. What have you done with Marion? What have you done with the money? Yeah. Um, you know, what's going on here? What's your real story? Right. And so Norman gets away from Sam and picks up this like porcelain or something yeah, and some... knocks him over the head with it. Right. Um I think at this point Lila's made it to the fruit cellar. Yes. Yeah, Lila's made it to the fruit cellar. Well, no, no, not yet. Oh. Um he knocks knocks Sam unconscious because he realizes now Sam's interrogating him, yeah. distracting him from the, from house. the house. Yeah. And so Norman goes running into the house, but Sam sees him running up. Mm-hmm. So she makes a beeline for this little area underneath the stairs leading to the upstairs. Right. And he runs up the stairs to the upstairs bedroom. Mm-hmm. And then she sees there's like this door for a cellar. Right. She walks down the stairs through the door and into this little cellar where she sees a chair with a woman mm-hmm. sitting in it. And all she's kind of walking. The hair yeah, of she this yeah. woman. And then out of nowhere somehow the chair spins around. Well, she reaches over and she's like, you know, Mrs. Bates, you know. Right. And she reaches over and she touches Mrs. Bates's shoulder and I guess it's a swivel chair. It is. Yeah. And she like touches it and she like goes to I guess pull the chair to right. a little swivel around her. And so then the chair turns and then you see that it's just a decomposed body (laughs) yeah with i guess it's probably still the mother's hair yeah you know it's it's badly decomposed but he's kept it pretty well preserved for what it is right and you know she freaks out she throws her arms in the air and knocks this light yeah and the light starts swinging you know and the music starts playing and then right 
barges in Norman Just in as full a woman. drag with yep. a wig and a knife in his hand. Yep. And he screams and lunges at her, but then thankfully Sam yeah. comes out of nowhere and grabs Norman and wrestles him to the ground. And, you know, gets the knife away from yeah. him. And and, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you're good. But then we cut to the uh, police station mm-hmm. where they've got Norman in custody in the room. And um, well, they're talking to this uh, this doctor. Yes, that's right. Yeah, because Norman's been interrogated, I guess, or maybe interviewed, really. Yeah, by a psychiatric doctor of some sort. Right, and so he's trying to explain. Well, first of all, Lila wants to know if her sister is dead, and he says yes. You yeah, know, that she is dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's trying to explain that it wasn't. That it wasn't really Norman that, you know, because he's got all these issues, like, even though Norman actually did the killing, that... Correct. Like, it was actually his mother because the the mother thing is, like, in his head or something. Correct. Yeah, Norman (laughs) has... It's hard to explain, but... Norman, he says, Norman is still there, but only half. Yeah. He said, the rest of it is his mother. And then he goes on, you know, they ask, well, how do you, you know, after the police are like, well, how do you know that right. the, that Mar- Marion is dead? Right. I said it right. Yay. Yay. Huzzah. Three stars for me. Yes. Um, so then the, the therapist, psychiatric doctor, he says, the mother told me. Right. And, you know, they're, they're like, you know. What? Yeah. You know, get out of here, doc. What the <laughs> yeah. heck are you talking about? Get out of here with this mumbo jumbo mumbo jumbo that you're talking and so then that's when you know you have the whole wrap-up scene Mm -hmm. where you're finally getting everything put together and it's all making sense right the doctor goes into this long monologue of why norman is the way he is and what happened norman apparently what happened with his mother it wasn't that his stepdad killed himself and then his mother killed herself Norman killed the stepdad and his mother. Right. Because he was angry that his mother had somebody other than him to pay attention to. Weird. And so after he did that, Norman decided that he couldn't deal with what he had done. So he dug his mother up. Yep. And preserved her as best he could. And then he would just walk around the house pretending to be his mom to try to fulfill, you know, the missing mother in the house. And basically because Norman assumed that he was, he figured that since he was jealous of her, that she was just as jealous of him as he was of her. Right. And any time he would fall in love with a woman, the mother figure would come out and go into a blinding rage and kill, kill her. Yep. And then he would be left to pick it up and clean everything up. Right. So yeah, it was just like it was a lot of psychological stuff. Oh like, yeah. And uh right in the kind of in the middle of all that, um, after he wraps up that, you know, long monologue and explanation of what's going on, one of the other officers comes in and says, Hey, look, Sarge He's saying he's catching a draft. Can we give him a blanket? Right. And um, the, you know, sergeant or whatever, he says, yeah, that's fine. So he takes a blanket in mm-hmm. to Norman. 
And we see Norman sitting there wrapped up in his blanket. Yeah. And you hear in his head his mother speaking. Yeah. His mother saying, you know, I'm just going to sit here real quiet. I'm not going to say anything. And then there's a fly that lands on, on, on his arm. Yep. And he says, I'm not even going to kill that fly. Right. And then they'll look at me and say, well, that old woman, she wouldn't even hurt a fly. And you see his, like, that crazy-ass smile. Yes. And so how it ends, it's literally they show them pulling up the car from mm-hmm. the pond. And yep. it literally just says the end. Yep. And that was it. <laughs> Good movie. It, yeah, for sure. There And what's nice is, is there's a lot of uh, interesting trivia. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I've got some, uh, not trivia, but um, I'll let you do your trivia. Okay, thanks. And then I'll, I'll insert my two cents as always. So, director Sir Alfred Hitchcock was so pleased with the score written by Bernard Herrmann that he doubled the composer's salary to $34,501. Hitchcock wow. later, Yeah, Hitchcock <laughs> later said 33% of the effect of Psycho was due to the music. I believe it. Oh, yeah. Without that music, that movie would have been totally different. Yeah, I agree. I mean, just that shower scene alone with the music mm-hmm. and stuff. So, let's see. On set, Sir Alfred Hitchcock would always refer to Anthony per- Perkins as Master Bates. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a joke in there. Yeah. Let's see. When the cast and crew began work on the first day, they had to raise their right hands and promise not to divulge one word of the story. Sir Alfred Hitchcock also withheld the ending part of the script from his cast until he needed to shoot it. Oh, wow. Right? That's kind of cool. Although Janet Leigh was not bothered by the filming of the famous shower scene, uh, seeing it on film profoundly moved her. She later remarked that it made her realize how vulnerable a woman was in a shower. To the end of her life, she always took baths. Huh. Yeah. And that's less That's less vulnerable? <laughs> right? I don't... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Walt Disney refused to allow Sir Alfred Hitchcock to film at Disneyland in the early 60s because Hitchcock had made that disgusting movie Psycho. Oh, okay. Suddenly, <laughs> suddenly Disney is full of morals. I know, right? Calm down there. We know what you guys were smoking when you mm-hmm. did Fantasia. For real. Jeez. Exactly. <laughs> Let's nice. See. In, okay, so in the opening scene, Marion Crane is wearing a white bra because Sir Alfred Hitchcock wanted to show her as being angelic. After oh. she has taken the money, the following scene has her... In a black bra because now she has done something wrong and evil. Huh. Similarly, before she steals the money, she has a white purse. After she's stolen the money, her purse is black. Oh. So. That's that's really kind of cool. Right. Those are the sort of things that I guess I just don't pay attention to. Yeah. I mean, you notice them. Of course, you're watching the movie, so you see it. But I guess unless you're sort of like in tuned to like the meanings of stuff right you don't really realize it it's kind of cool so i'll read like two more facts or whatever just because like i said there's a lot of them yeah um so let's see sir alfred hitchcock wanted to make this movie so much that he uh, deferred his standard two hundred fifty thousand salary in lieu of 60 percent of the movie's gross paramount pictures uh believed that this movie would do poorly at the box office agreed his huh. personal earnings from this movie exceed fifteen million. 
um, adjusted wow. for inflation, that amount would be just over 120 million in 2016 uh, dollars. <laughs> that's that's a nice take. Yeah. Let's see. When Norman first realizes there has been a murder, he shouts, Mother, oh God, God, blood, blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sir Alfred Hitchcock had the bass frequencies removed from Al- Anthony Perkins' voice to make him sound more like a frightened teenager. Oh. That is true. Yeah. His voice was a little bit different there, but I just, I kind of chalked it up to, you know, 1960 movie, you know, the technology or whatever. Yeah. But seriously, if you guys, uh, you know, want some more facts, uh, IMDB, there was also a podcast that I listened to that it was kind of like a um, behind the scenes type of thing for Psycho. And let's see if I can. Let's see. I'm not going to lie. That's kind of neat. It is. But now I can't remember the name of it. No. So. Well, I'm sure it's probably pretty easy to find. Probably. By doing a Google search or a a search in your search box on whatever app you're using to get podcasts and stuff. Actually, it was called Inside Psycho uh, by Wondery. Oh, okay. Was the name of it. And it went between... it went between uh, talking about Ed Gein, which is kind of... That was... Yeah. I forgot. Psycho. Mm-hmm. Norman Bates is loosely based on, on Ed, Ed Gein, Gein, which is a very disturbing yeah. and um, popular... It is. Sad to say, serial killer. Right. From so, early, early... Um, uh, um, well, not early, 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 but he's... It's pretty old. Yeah. Oh, I want to say it was like the fifties, maybe. But yeah. <laughs> so if you guys want to check that out, it was a it was a good podcast. Yeah. Anyway, so do you have anything else um, to add? I don't know. I feel like I really like Psycho. I'm a huge fan of Psycho. Right. Um. Not. Not the people. Psycho. The movie. Psycho. Right. Um. I I like Alfred Hitchcock movies. I like them a lot. And I, I feel like there's, there are things missing in scary movies today mm-hmm. that would make them better that Alfred Hitchcock just mastered. You know, he was, he was like the master of like suspense and, and, and thrillers and, you know, he, he was like, he, he was just the best at it. And today it's like, it's the same old thing I'm always talking about. I'm very... I don't know. My opinions are always so strong and weird, I feel like. <laughs> but here we go. Uh, these days, it feels like like now my opinion with comedies, yes, yeah. it's all blood and gore. Yeah. And personally, I just, I don't, I don't like it. Yeah. It's, one, I just kind of feel like it's gross, and two, I feel like it's not necessary. I mean, why, uh, just why do it? Yeah. I agree. Whenever what makes a scary movie scary is the suspense, the thrill, the you know the build up right to something happening. You know, is it going to be you know terrifying and violent? You don't know. Yeah. You know, not until it happens. Exactly. And you know, and it doesn't have to be a shower of blood, right? Or a swimming pool of blood, or <laughs> right. you know, something full of blood. <laughs> yeah. It can just be, 
you know, just frightening. Right. I don't know. I just feel like that's something that's missing. Yeah. In in a lot of movies these days. Right. Everything is just all about shock and vulgarity and just true. violence. That is true. It's less is more. Yeah. It's the subtlety that's well, kind of gotten lost. Less is more. And that's just it. Like with this movie, the music is a big Oh, the thing music is what... what made this movie scary. Yeah. Well, one of the things that made this movie scary. Right. But they, my point is is they didn't have to do a lot of blood and guts. No. There was some fake blood. Yeah. And but because it wasn't... he shot the movie in black and white, it wasn't very obvious. I mean, And even he if... did that on purpose actually. Black yeah, I and know. white. He could have shot it in color. Right. But he decided black and white would have been um, better, more yeah. suspenseful, scarier, whatever. Right. But well, should we rate it? Um, sweetenly. Sweetenly? What do you want to use to rate it? Um, Mother's Wigs. Sure. <laughs> I will definitely give this a five. Yeah, I was going to say. Psycho is, it's classic. It's, you know, everything that you would want yeah. in a in a scary movie. I'm going to go ahead and cheat, and I'm going to buy a couple of extra Mother's Wigs and give it a, like a six out of five. What? <laughs> Seven out of five, I mean. Nice. Because I, I bought two extra wigs. You bought two extra ones. I'm not good with math. Nice. If you have five wigs and you <laughs> buy two more, how many wigs do you have? That six, would be six, no, <laughs> seven. Yes. No, but seriously, I just I'm just such a fan of Alfred Hitchcock films. Um, we'll definitely. And this do, one just stands the test of time. It does. I mean, we'll we'll definitely be doing some more. Yeah. You know, over you know the next like year or so, I'm sure. Oh yeah, and you know, uh, um, what was I gonna say? Nothing super important. Oh okay. Um. Oh well. Well, let's see. We we already own this movie, but we looked it up for you guys. Um, you can you, you can rent this basically anywhere online. Oh yeah, uh, Vudu um, has it. None of them are free rentals though. No, I will say that. No, Vudu's got it. Uh, Amazon Prime. Yep. YouTube, Google Play, and iTunes. Those yep. are the ones I remember, and I think that might be it. Yeah. Or you can probably find it for five bucks. Yeah. At Walmart or Amazon or something. It's worth it, though. It's oh, good. yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, um, all right. Well, next week we are going to do one of my other favorite type of movies. <laughs> I have to watch it every year around this time of yes. year. Yes. We're, we're going to do... It is good, though. It is. We're going to do Adam's Family Values. Yes. Um, don't get me wrong. I love the first Adam's Family movie. It's good. Ooh. But whatever, I like. <laughs> I personally like the values one better. Yeah, I'm the. I'm. I'm a bigger fan, to be honest with you, of the first. Well, we'll have to do that some other day. Yes, but we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna do values. So, yeah. but anyway, um, yeah. If you guys could please subscribe, um, rate, review, uh, all that fun stuff. Yes. Um, for you know, sure. if you want to email us your movie suggestions or anything else, it's breakdown from the couch at gmail.com. Oh yeah. And I believe, unless I've already mentioned this, we got a few ideas from somebody once already. And then yep. we got a couple more from somebody else. Yep. And just in case, you know, they're listening or whatever, you know, they're not, we haven't just pushed them off to no. the wayside. They're definitely going to be used. We just gotta find. Yeah. We gotta find the the spot for him. Right. Which should be will hopefully be coming up. Yeah. You know, at some point before. Yeah. Before uh, I don't know. Okay. Uh, I'm bad with words. 
Nice. But we're going to use the ideas. We don't just take them and go, meh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just, we got to find the spot where we're, where we're done with what we've already scheduled is what I'm trying to say. Right. <laughs> so anyway, all right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> yes. And thanks for listening to me ramble on incessantly <laughs> about nonsense. Nice. <laughs> all right. Bye, guys. All right. Bye.